Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're back again to help you navigate that minefield out there and car buying land, car leasing land, uh, help you get into a car dealership safe and out safe, and uh, Hopefully get yourself a deal. That's what the uh, reason they call the car dealers dealers. It's uh, wheeling and dealing. And uh, it's an uh, archaic dinosaur of the retail world. Here we are in the 21st century. Can you believe it? I mean, 2021. And uh, we're still horse trading for at least one product. Automobiles. And automobile service, for that matter. You can't walk into a car dealership like you walk into... Target or Walmart or Publix or any other place, Costco, and see a price and pay the price and walk home, or drive home, as it were. Uh, no, you got to argue. <laughs> you got to negotiate. Uh, you know, the lawyers are really good car buyers. Uh, uh, the attorneys are good negotiators. They they learned. Uh, they learned. They went to school, and especially your trial attorneys, they really know how to wheel and deal. And it's, it's a fact, a car, a car dealer will sell a car to an attorney for very near his actual true cost. I mean, that's almost unheard of. So if you're really good at horse trading, hey, you can listen to something else on the radio. If you'd like a roadmap where you can figure out how to get a good price on a newer used car, or fair price and service that you need, uh, maintenance that you need and don't have to be sold, something that's required at a fair price. Well, we can, t we can help you there. And I say we because, as you heard in the recorded introduction a minute ago, I'm in the studio here with a team of experts. I mean, I say that shamelessly. We've got Rick Kearney, who is our certified <laughs> diagnostic master technician. And let me tell you something, this guy can answer your questions. He really can. And he answers them in human speak. You know, not technical speak, not computer speak, but he can explain things to anyone. And uh, if you have a question about your car, you don't have to have a problem that has to go to a car dealer or an independent source um, for repair. Sometimes uh, you can just resolve it on the air or on video. Send us a snapshot of the problem, a video recording, audio recording, or both. Or just call in at 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. I mean, who out there doesn't have some sort of little thing with a car? I mean, if you have an automobile, they're so complex today that you have some problem. Usually the ones that you have, you just say, ah, I'll worry about that later. I've got problems with my car, and I'm a car dealer. But if I tried to address every little problem, I'd spend my entire life 
and my dealership letting them work on my car because no car doesn't have some little thing you'd like to change the adjustment, something you don't understand. Hey, that's a, that's a mouthful, something you don't understand. Who out there listening right now, watching, doesn't have something on their car, especially if you bought it in the past five, t 10 years. If you bought it recently, I promise you, there's some things there that you have no idea how to operate. So let us help you, 877-960-9960, or you can text us. A lot of people prefer text, I do. I much prefer text conversation than an audio. I mean, I'm talking personally. We prefer the audio on the air because it's more personal, obviously. Text number 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And we even have, which has grown surprisingly to be our most popular venue, anonymous feedback. You can contact us. We don't know who you are, where you come from, where you are. We don't even know if you're the enemy or a friend. We don't know whether you're serious or making stuff up. But we get some amazingly interesting uh, feedback uh, from our anonymous feedback line. And that's a, let's say, web address, www.youranonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R. A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S feedback.com youranonymousfeedback.com I'm not sure why that's so popular and we don't get crank stuff very often if we do, that's okay, we address it if you want to allow people the right to privacy and to be heard without having to give all your information this is the way to go so please uh, contact us by old-fashioned telephone, and we prioritize the phone calls, by the way. So Nancy Stewart, who is sitting to my left, she's a co-founder of the show with me, been with me for 20 years on the air, started out a half an hour. Uh, she monitors very, very carefully, and she's looking for real audio-type old-fashioned telephone callers, especially females, and I'm going to let her explain that in just a second, but if you call, we've got three or four lines, so we try to hop right on the calls, even if we're in the middle of something, we'll stop and take a call. We won't keep you on hold, I promise. At least we won't do it on purpose. We have done it accidentally, and for that, I apologize. So if you call 877-960-9960, we'll try to get to you, to you very, very quickly. And I've talked uh, about everything except the most exciting part of the show. And our spy master general is sitting right across from me. He's my son, Stu Stewart. Actually, he's Earl Stewart, but we call him Stu. Too many Earls in the family. So uh, <laughs> Stu is in charge of our mystery shopper and uh, she he works with her. Uh, we have a he and a her. Agent Lightning is the her and uh, Agent Thunder is the he. And he coordinates them shopping all over. We've been to Tennessee fairly recently, but usually it's Florida and usually it's South Florida. And uh, well, I'm gonna shut up and let Stu tell you about it. It's something you won't see anywhere, I promise. Well, we do something pretty unique here. Um, we put it all out there, and we do these investigations where we send, like Earl mentioned, the mystery shopper. And then uh, I guess the shocking part of it is we just read what happens. You know, anything can happen, good, bad. Um, sometimes the dealerships uh, are behave themselves very, very admirably, and they do a good job. And that's reflected in the grades that we give them. Um, most of the time, unfortunately, it's, it doesn't turn out that way. 
Um, if you looked at all the mystery shopping reports and the grades that we gave for them on um, gooddealerbaddealerlist.com, it's uh, none of these guys would get into a good college if you're basing it on their on their grade point average. <laughs> and you get to vote, by the way, yeah. at the end of the report. So yeah. we'll vote, and you'll vote, and we'll take it. We'll get a consensus. Yeah, our grades are are, are subjective, but they are definitely democratic. We're not we're not dominating the, the choice, and, and we've had our the listeners sway um, our grade. We might have uh, considered a passing grade, and the listeners come back and said, "No, fail these guys." Yeah. So. Um, the hardest thing uh, for me, it is a big deal. I do it every single week. It's the highlight of my week. <laughs> and um, last week, we had this epic shop up in the Nashville area in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And so this week, I'm thinking, how do I follow up with something like this? So we just did some boring little Kia dealership in West Palm Beach. And, well, um, I wasn't disappointed. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. It's always, it always turns out good. We never know what's going to happen. It's like Forrest Gump says. Yeah. It's like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. But like I mentioned, um, and we mentioned in in the report too, if you want to check these things out, go to gooddealerbaddealerlist.com, or even easier, go to erlongcars.com. And then look at the mystery reports. We got hundreds of them up there. And um, we we just recently updated the site, made it easier to to navigate, and easier to understand uh, our grading, our recommendation system, before it was a pass-fail, and it became... uh, we, I don't think it was that useful because we would pass dealers as long as they were behaving within the line of the larger body of bad dealer behavior. <laughs> if, they were at, if, it, if it was an average performance, they would pass. So now we're just giving letter grades. And so you can judge for yourself. You know, a, a, a dealer rated with a C- minus might not be so terrible, um, but you got to go in with caution. So it was kind of like the most honest dealers. The most honest criminals in San Quentin. Exactly. If you had no criminals that were recommended, then you're never going to buy a car. Let's put it this way. If we give somebody an A, buy from them. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're doing an incredible job. So much, way way better than the rest of them. And we got now Nancy Stewart. Uh, As I said earlier, she's my co-host. And uh, she is, uh, she should get a purple heart because she's here. She's working wounded has some surgery on her foot, and uh, probably the doctor would be very unhappy that she came in, but she's a trooper. She's got her foot up here on the desk. I'm looking at her her foot with uh, the boot on it, and uh, she's healing nicely, but it's not easy for her to get in and out. And so I congratulate her and salute her for her sacrifice. And uh, Nancy's in charge of, uh, well, a lot of stuff. Her most important function, I believe, is her <laughs> beacon of light to the women of the audience. She's the, the beacon and the fog, I should say, for women to stand up and be heard. And uh, because you buy most of the cars, you buy some tools, uh, at least half, and you make a huge number of buying decisions, uh, you're very important to the economy of the world. Automobile buying is probably one of the most significant factors in the economies of the whole world. So you're important, we want you to be heard, and Nancy's got some special offers uh, that a lot of you have heard before because you're regular listeners. But if you're a woman and you haven't tuned in before, when will you hear this? Okay, good morning, folks. Welcome. You're a big part of the show. We look forward to hearing from you, receiving your texts, all of it, because as I said, you're an important part of the show. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback. Your anonymous feedback 
lady.com. Ladies, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, we would love to hear from you. No you know, conditions. I, no I, conditions. Yeah, no fine print. Exactly. $50 cash. Boom, boom. You know, if I heard from every female caller uh, that uh, I talked to throughout the week, if I just hear from you on Saturday, I'd be broke. Wow, I'd have to give it a lot of fifty dollars at. I mean, I hear from a lot of ladies throughout the week. So, well, it just takes one lady, first female caller, to open up the door for the rest of you. You're an important part of the show. Fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. All of that and uh, mystery shopping report and uh, uh, pretty talented panel that we have here. So you're going to hear. Well, everything. We just don't leave anything out. Now back to the recovery car dealer. I think I forgot the fact that we're on YouTube, and I'm, I always look over at Rick because Rick monitors our YouTube, and that's just youtube.com forward slash rolling cars. YouTube.com forward slash rolling cars. Go to YouTube channel, and uh, here we are in uh, living color, and uh, Rick will probably grab the, even not necessarily answer the question, he will if he can. And if it's a sales related, he'll throw it out uh, for the team. And uh, so youtube.com forward slash rule on cars. And as we speak, did we just get one, Rick? We do. I'll just whip right over to you then. Let's hear the first YouTube. Uh, this is from Negan1. Uh, he's pretty popular with us on YouTube. He's been with us quite a while. Uh, he says he's got a uh, PSA safety alert. Uh, he uh, has a 2020 Ford Raptor pickup. And he says he recently had a minor fender bender. This was due to a blind spot that a lot of us may not take into account. It's the A pillar, which is the one that's between the front door and the windshield. And he says with a lot of these cars now, of course, we've noticed they're, the cars are getting a lot more sturdy. They're, they're really working to improve the, the roll cage functionality of the car. And of course, with extra airbags and everything else, those A-pillars are actually getting a bit wider. And in his particular case with his truck, it created a bit of a blind spot that he really wasn't aware of. Huh. And he wound up getting in a small accident because of it. So huh. for personal safety folks, as you're driving around, especially in parking lots, you know, where you get a lot of cars moving in odd directions, be aware also that A-pillar may create a blind spot in your car and be ready to watch, move your head around to look around in different angles to make sure you're catching all the views you need to see. Well, let me ask, what was the model of the car that he, he A had? Ford Raptor pickup. Uh, for, it's a Ford F-150, and this particular uh, trim level of it, it has a very powerful engine, okay. it's an extremely strong truck, and they call it the Raptor. Yeah. And for you folks out there that have, an, have older vehicles, uh, there are there's some really good electronics. Some of it I don't like. But some of the electronics and computerization in modern cars is uh, excellent for detecting blind spots. I mean, for eliminating blind spots. So there will time to come when you won't have to worry about pillars and things like that because it'll all be electronic. And uh, with the radar and the laser and the rest of it going on now, you'd be surprised. And it's not complicated. It's very user-friendly. Uh, and if you try out a new car, and all the manufacturers have this, they have blind spot uh, detection. 
Yep. And they have uh, they have not only blind spots and people in your blind spot, they can also see see things coming from the side when you're backing out of a parking place or when you're coming out of the front. It's really amazing. So if you have something that you're really, really depending on visually, I mean, I'm at the point, I'm old enough now where it's kind of hard for me to do one of my uh, 360s with my neck like I did when I was a kid. I used to always look behind me when I backed up. Yep. I can't look behind me now. So, yeah. I, so you have to rely on the rear view mirror and that ain't gonna do it. And so we do have a backup camera on every car that's built today, I think. I think it's required. So um, as a matter of fact, a lot of them now have so many cameras on the car yeah. that on the radio screen, it can actually show you almost an eagle eye view where it's almost those the cameras floating above your car and the computers can stitch those images together yeah. and let you see all the way around the car in real time. Yeah, I'm not trying to sell you a car, folks. Trust me, this is not an infomercial. I don't care what you buy, Fords or Hondas or Fiat's. Well, don't buy a Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, to, you know, seriously, folks, uh, if you haven't driven a new vehicle, go to the manufacturer, the make of your choice. If you've got a 10-year-old vehicle or 15-year-old vehicle, you owe it to yourself, your safety, and your family's safety to try out a car that's a little bit newer. Not to buy a new car. Buy a late model used. Buy a three- or four-year-old, nice, certified used car, and uh, try it out. You'll see the fa safety features, and you will not want to buy another car without them. So. How else are we doing on the... Ex oh, ex excuse, excuse me for a second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here's an idea. Uh, which one of the safety features, uh, if you're fortunate enough to have them on your car, which one is your favorite? Which one is most difficult to understand? There's a good question. There's, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a good question. Yeah. Okay, and uh, as far as the ladies are concerned, uh, you know, share uh, with us your... Uh, experience as far as getting your your uh, vehicle serviced, uh, whether or not you uh, you, you know you were able to pick up, a, shall we say, a hot deal today, um, you know this past week, uh, just uh, share or just call to say hello, and uh, there's a lot of options there for you, ladies. So take advantage of it. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero. Don't forget, ladies, fifty dollars for the oh, first yeah. two new lady callers. Now we're going to go to Stu. Yes, <clears throat> we are going to kick off our first text from Anne Marie this morning. Good morning, Anne Marie. Hey, Anne Marie. Uh, Anne Marie says, "Good morning." Uh, a few weeks ago, you were asked what your favorite automotive movies were. Mine are Burt Reynolds' classic Smokey and the Bandit. Mm -hmm. I like that one too, and Cannibal Run. Um, and Paul Newman in Cars, which is the animated uh, uh, movie where he plays Doc Hudson, a crusty old, long-forgotten former champion race car. So if you think he's the new kid. Another great movie. Um, now that movies have been addressed, how about songs? <laughs> what is your favorite automotive song? I've got three songs I'm partial to. Little Nash Rambler. Ah, uh, beep, beep. Uh -huh, Hot Rod Lincoln. And Little Old Lady from Pasadena. Uh, what are your favorite automotive songs? Just wondering. Thanks. I love how you get our, our, our tickers, uh, our brains yeah. working in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure this is the name of a song, Anne-Marie, but one of the lines is, my 409, she sure is fine. Mm. I could probably look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have a favorite one. I didn't realize that you guys probably don't know this one, but it's an old song. It's Long May You Run by uh, Neil Young. 
and it's a song that he wrote. I, for years, I thought it was written a song about a person, like a friend who died a long time ago. Anyway, he, he, he had a Pontiac hearse that he had that died in 1962, and he left it on the side of the road in Canada somewhere, and it's yeah. a song about this hearse that he loved. <laughs> oh, I just thought of another one, Maybelline. Maybelline. Oh, there I know you that go. one. Maybelline, <laughs> why can't she be true? <laughs> How about you, Rick? I know you got one. Convoy. Convoy, of course. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just said Smoking the Bandit was your favorite movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Wolf Creek Pass, which is by C.W. McCall, same guy that did Convoy. Okay. I didn't. I couldn't have. Done, I couldn't have told you the artist if you if you if you tortured me. Ah. <laughs> All right, let's jump on to another one here. We have. How, uh, how, how, how about uh, get out, Get out of my dreams. And get into get my out, car. Get out of my car. Get into my car. That's Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. Yeah. Billy, Billy Ocean. Nineteen eighty five. Could be a DJ. <laughs> now let's go to. Here. Oh yeah, that doesn't make sense. Get into my car. Yeah, get out of my dreams. <laughs> get into my car. Become yeah. become real. <laughs> Oh, did it? Yeah. So they don't say get out of the back seat, do they? Hey. No, it's, 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 hey, it's hey, age hey, appropriate. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you've lived the dream. <laughs> I don't and by the way, that was uh, the Beach Boys, My 409. Oh, very cool. I, I tell you. thought I remembered oh, that one. It was, was, oh, did you Google it or did you? Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Emery. That was a fun question. Okay, Jonathan, what about you? <laughs> What's your favorite? <laughs> Okay, we're going to get, be back. We're gonna get back to Jonathan. Anne Marie should be on the show. She should right. be our producer. Yeah, uh, well, there's a, she's, a, she's got an open uh, invitation. We, we would probably squeeze another chair right here. Yeah, plenty of <laughs> room. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next text we have says, uh, there's no name on it, it, says, Last week, Earl said only to buy extended warranties from the manufacturer. I've driven Toyotas my whole life, and I've always been told that in the southeast, Toyota extended warranties are not available at Toyota dealerships. And the offerings from independent warranty companies are all anyone can choose from in the southeast. Well, there are some things that uh, are not available in the for the independent distributors. Uh, you know, Southeast Toyota controls all the dealers. They're kind of like a middleman for Toyota. And then there's a mid there's a, a mid states Toyota uh, that is also independent distributor. But most of the states, probably 40 of the 50 states are dealt directly with Toyota, the manufacturer. And there's some products that Toyota offers that, for example, Toyota Finance, uh, Southeast Toyota Finance has their own finance company and they have their own warranties, uh, which is kind of like Toyota, but not really Toyota. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're comparable. I guess the point Earl was making was you're going to have homegrown warranties that dealers put up there themselves. And generally speaking, they're going to be, well, any insurance product is designed, the house is going to win, you're going to pay a premium, and most likely you're not going to see a benefit from it. It might buy you peace of mind. Uh, however, w there are some good warranties and there are some bad warranties, and we're warning you against the bad warranties. So if a dealer is making these things up themselves, they have these exclusionary warranties, which um, exclude most of the things you'd want to get yeah. fixed. The thing to remember about an extended warranty on a car, they're enormously profitable to whoever the warranty company is. Usually, I don't want to say usually, but in many times the, the, uh, the dealers own the warranty companies and they're immensely profitable. Uh, that should tell you something right there. So be careful. Anytime you have a, a, a product that's enormously profitable and everybody is in the game, you have to be careful. You don't want to have to pay too much profit. 
profit is okay to have, but you just don't want to be gouged. And the way you find out, really, is by shopping and comparing like everything else, and also by looking at the warranty. It's hard to look at fine print, and there's a huge amount of fine print on extended warranties. Uh, I don't recommend that you read, actually I do recommend you read the whole thing, but you won't. Uh, what I do recommend is, on the warranties, it's required to say what is not covered. And you need to look at that portion, if nothing else, because on the uh, cheap warranties, the expensive stuff, the stuff that you really worry about, isn't covered. And they cover the stuff that's not going to fail, and if it does fail, they have conditions in there where you probably didn't obey the conditions and they're worthless. A powertrain warranty is the most famous. Car dealers give them away. Free warranty with every car. Free warranty with every car. And the, it's not worth the paper it's printed on. So you have to look at the warranty and you have to shop and compare the price. That's right. All right, the next one was, uh, I think this one, we were talking about this last week. It says, when mixing your own antifreeze, this is just advice, when mixing your own antifreeze, make sure you use distilled water in a 50-50 mix. Is that correct? We're passing yep. on good information? Okay. Because I wouldn't yeah. know. <laughs> Got YouTube, right? Uh, we do. Uh, Rico is asking, any idea what percentage of the MSRP is the manufacturer's cost, say for a Corolla versus a Highlander V6? Well, uh, Stu can answer more specifically than I, but the, the uh, percentage of the uh, MSRP in different models and makes varies all over the planet. Uh, so... Uh, the only thing good about an MSRP is it gives you a standard of comparison between the exact same year make model car with the same accessories. But uh, discounts on different makes and models vary from as small as 7 or 8 percent to 50 percent. So, uh, so it's, it's too complicated. When you start buying a vehicle, a new vehicle, based on discount from MSRP, uh, it's only valid within the same year make model car uh, and it discount from the exact same MSRP. You can't, you can't go based on the amount of the discount. The discount is almost meaningless. Right. I mean, and, it, and also, it also typically, the more expensive the car, the more there is markup. Yes. So if you go down to the uh, less expensive end of the spectrum for like a Corolla or something like you know, that. Trucks and SUVs have the largest yeah. Markup and the small little cars, small compacts, subcompacts, are the smallest. Exactly, and in some cases, like when you get up into the upper end, these eighty thousand. And um, this is our our realm. We're not in the luxury. Um, we don't. We have a luxury business, but you get the seventy eighty thousand dollar car, and you can have an eight or nine thousand dollar profit built in if it was sold at MSRP. And conversely, down like on the crawl level, it might be fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred dollars. But um, yeah, don't. I don't. I agree with Earl. Do not get focused on what percentage you should be shooting for. Um, the magic of the market will, will give you the best price, and that's just getting comparing prices. As long as you know what you're comparing, get competitive bids. Yeah, the discount the is the best tool only with respect to MSRP, and then comparing it with at least three competing dealers. When you do it that way, it's the way to buy cars. It's the only way to buy the car. So, uh, discount off of MSRP. MSRP, is something required by the federal government. It should be your North Star in terms of comparing and buying vehicles. You should never ever buy a new vehicle without knowing the real, true 
manufacturer's suggested retail price. It's called the Monroney label. It was put into law in 1958 by a senator. Uh, he, he sponsored that bill, and it was to require all dealers, all car dealers, to put the manufacturer's suggested retail price prominently on the window, leave it there until the customer takes delivery. And that is your North Star. So you first decide exactly what year, make model you want, then get that MSRP and tattoo it on your hand and go to three different dealers and don't vary from that. And if you can get a $5,000 discount from that MSRP instead of a 4500 buy the $5,000 discount. That's your North Star, the Monroney label. And then watch out for all the hidden fees. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Gosh, this is confusing. Again, again, this is why we have a show. The box. Right, this is why we'll always have a show, I think. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Excuse me, Stu. We're going to go to uh, Roadrunner Steve. Uh, he's a regular caller. We enjoy his conversation. Uh, but uh, also, ladies, don't forget, you've got yourself $50 here for the first two new lady callers. Give me a call. Anything at all. Uh, the guys that love to answer your questions. You know, uh, compare comments, $50. Okay, Steve, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My favorite song is I'm a Roadrunner. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's my question. I don't know if it's Nissan or Toyota. It says they will double your down payment. 1000 becomes 2000 and so on. So my question is, let's say the car costs $17,000. And I put down $5,000, which makes it a $10,000 down payment. And I turn around and say, okay, all I owe you is $7,000. Here's $7,000. Give me the car. <laughs> well, you didn't read the fine print, Steve. There's somewhere there's fine print. And fine print limits the amount they'll double your down payment. It's just a deceptive way of uh, tricking you. I'm giving the feedback. Uh, hey, Roadrunner Steve, you got to turn your radio down. Oh. Hey, Roadrunner Steve, you got to turn your radio down. I heard myself. <laughs> I guess that's the delay. Why wouldn't they do that? I say, here's seven grand. Give me my car. Let me get out of here. <laughs> well, they they can only afford to discount the car so much, and they want you to think exactly what you're thinking now. Gosh, I was going to put a big down payment down anymore anyway, so I'll just uh, put down more, and that'll give me a bigger discount. They're not going to allow you to control the discount you get just by adding more down payment. They have a limit. It's yeah. from the fine print where you can't find it, and you find out when you get in the dealership, and then the games begin. The haggle, the hassle. Fine print. You need like three pair of eyeglasses to read that fine print. You're not kidding. Hmm. It's illegal. You know, yeah. Steve, it's, uh, the Federal Trade Commission says that anything that modifies the advertised price has to be prominently and conspicuously displayed, and it has to be in the same type size as the price. That's the law, and it's totally ignored. Nobody enforces it. Federal Trade Commission doesn't enforce it. The state attorney generals don't enforce it. So there you go. We have uh, powerful auto lobbies that are controlling our regulators and even our legislators. Well, they probably get a good deal on it since they know they're the <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you. Sen a senator or an attorney general walks into a car dealership, let me tell you, they get a good deal. 
I believe it. Okay, everybody, have a good day. Keep up the work. I got to work on my road runner now. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Steve. It was great hearing from you. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us seven seven two. Four nine seven six five three zero. Now back to Stu. Okay, we have a text from Tom in West Allis, Wisconsin, Ooh. which, by the way, is a suburb of Milwaukee. Ooh. That's what Tom told me. Uh, he says, "My dad, who uh, was a snowbird in Hope Sound area, turned me turned us onto our, his onto our show, and in his honor, he's uh, his, it's his driving to work podcast. So that's oh. cool. Hey, Tom, I hope you're listening to this driving to work on Monday, and we're giving you a shout out. <laughs> but here's here's Tom's question." He says, kind of a technical one, based on the cold snap we had in the last two weeks. I'm 57, and I'm wondering if I misremembered or I'm having bad flashback from the 70s and 80s. In very cold weather, do I remember seeing people put putting usually cardboard in front of their grill to do what? Restrict the air flow of the radiator? That would heat, This would heat up your car faster. What would happen if you did that now with newfangled fan motors that kick in? I don't remember if you guys always lived in Florida or lived in a colder region. And that's from Tom. I've never heard of that before. Uh, that's a great question. You, I have no idea. Right? You didn't do that at Purdue? <laughs> <laughs> well, Purdue, uh, yeah. Or Rensselaer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I understand the concept of putting I've never heard of doing it, but I understand the concept. You're trying to prevent airflow across the radiator so to build heat quicker. But truth be told, in cold weather, when you first start your car, it's better just to sit and give it a few minutes to warm up itself naturally. Sue's Googling this, so you better be so, careful. No, I'm not, I that, that would be my option, my, yeah. my personal opinion, and I guarantee you this will be backed up by a whole lot of folks that live up north in the wintertime. Yeah. You'd be amazed at the number of them huh. that have a remote start on their car so they can start the car from inside the house and let it warm up for a few minutes First off, to get the heat inside the car going so that you're not getting into a, an icebox. Yeah. But secondly, to give the engine a chance to build its heat up gradually, get the oil warmed up, get the coolant warmed up, and have your car ready to drive well, safely. Well, probably yeah. got the right answer. Yeah. Now. Can I guess? All, yeah. all good things uh, guess, from a girl from Pittsburgh, definitely. Yeah. My guess is you should be very careful about putting cardboard in front of your radiator because you might forget it's there, and that's not the way the radiator was designed. Yeah. And uh, you might not quite make it to work. And so I would like, not do yeah. it at all. I'd rather warm my car up. Yeah. Yeah. All kind of good things happen before you, you know, get in the car and go to work. <laughs> A lot of good things. Well, you're the only snowbird <laughs> here, yeah. so. Hey, I grew up in South Dakota. You did? No, you, Surprise. Uh, before high school. Well, you, yeah. never, you never quite grew up, but you... Hey, you well, that's for sure. Yeah, be, yeah. Before I started my car, what I did was take a bucket of hot water out with my chisel, and I'd get the ice off the locks, first of all, chip away the windshield. Then I'd uh, get yeah, in the yeah. car and get it all ready, f you know, to get to work. I'm so glad I grew up in South Florida. Mm. Um, apparently, the cardboard thing is a thing, and um, and on the internet says it does work but it is dangerous because um, your car can overheat um, when the temperature rises out there and it's it does it's not the way the car is designed sure. but apparently it is widespread and that's what people do that uh, the question I guess Tom had like on modern cars I don't know if, if the if radiators work any differently if it's different if this was a old you know old-fashioned thing it doesn't work on a modern car another red know. flag anything you do to modify the the vehicles uh, operation based on the manufacturer's design is going to void your warranty so if your car overheats because you got cardboard plastered over your grill 
uh, you're not going to get any warranty help on that, yeah. even on a brand new car. So don't mess with something that's going to modify what the manufacturer intended in his design. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we're going to go to Marty, who's uh, giving us a call from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Thank you for waiting. Hi. Hi. Good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Nice to hear from you. Uh, I have a question. Well, two points. The first point is the first person that called about the $5,000 and doubling the down payments. Yeah. I mean, that's all. I mean, you got to realize that that's all malarkey. Now, there's a lot of dealers down here that if you look at their sticker, they put down market adjustment. Yep. So they're making out that uh, a $20,000 car sells for twenty six because more people want the car, you know, or or that color is worth $6,000 more. So you're never going to, they're never going to double your down payment in true real dollars. True. But, okay. My other question or <clears throat> is every time I buy a car, I at least start off with Kelly Blue Book to see what Kelly Blue Book says the invoice is on the new car. But I don't want to tell you your business because I'm sure you know better than me. But you don't pay that invoice. No, Lord, you're no. Getting, you're getting the car for a cheaper price. Much cheaper. Than that, than that shows. So my question is, is there any way in the world that I can see or find out what the dealer really pays? Yeah. 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 Uh, here, but I don't know if it'll be successful. Um, if you ask to see the actual vehicle invoice, which could be any document they make up, but if you actually get your hands on an actual invoice, I can uh, for Toyota invoices, the most of those holdbacks, the extra profit, is spelled out on the invoice. So you yeah, can but you have to read dealer speak yeah. and the lingo. Uh, if you looked at it, Marty, you wouldn't understand it. And it also, the invoice also doesn't include uh, cash back to dealers and, and other special programs. Uh, there's dealer cash the car dealers talk about, and on a particular model, uh, Honda could put $2,000 cash back on an Accord, and the invoice wouldn't reflect that at all. The average invoice, the average invoice hides about $4,000 in profit to the dealer. Uh, over half the cars my dealership sells, uh, we sell for uh, under invoice. Uh, and we make a, a, a fair profit. I mean, we're, we're profitable. Unlike most dealers that lose a little bit on every car and make it up on the volume, we actually make a profit when we sell the car. So the invoice conceals about $4,000 worth of profit on the average. Okay, well, what I, I never give the, when I see the invoice, or the, I'd say that's a starter for me when I buy a car. Yeah, you're, and I and I and I know that they can go lower. Yeah, you're better off, Marty, uh, not even to bother yourself with the invoice. I mean, if you want to look at it, that's fine, but uh, uh, you're you're playing their game. Usually, they will volunteer to show you the invoice because they'd love to show it to you and say, "All all I want to do is make five hundred dollars." So here's the invoice. I'm going to mark it up five hundred dollars. Well, he's making forty five hundred dollars. Don't play the dealer's game. He knows exactly what's in that invoice, and you don't. The only way to do it is take that MSRP on that same car, which is higher than the invoice, obviously, but take the MSRP and then 
ask him for the uh, maximum discount he'll give you because you're going to go to two other dealers and compare that discount. That way, you don't care what the invoice is. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, my bottom line is always when I buy a car is what are they giving it to me out the door for? Exactly. And yeah. obviously, if Earl Stewart is cheaper than Al Hendrickson, I'm going to buy it from Earl Stewart. Exactly. If it's the other way around, probably will be. It has been in the past. <laughs> Uh, even though Al Hendrickson has got one of the worst reviews that you could ever see in the world, I have gotten cars cheaper there for whatever reason. Because well, you're a good you're a good negotiator. You you go down to Al Hendrickson, he's uh, he's like the third or fourth largest volume uh, Toyota dealership in the United States, which means he's like the third or fourth largest uh, volume car dealership in the United States. He sells close to a thousand cars every month. Thousand new cars every month. Hollywood is real close to them down there. They're the number two volume. So, if you're a, if you're a good negotiator and you're sharp, and you can you can stand the uh, blows of going through the the game playing, uh, and not be bloodied, you can get a really good deal at either Hollywood or Al Hendrickson or any big volume dealer. But you got to be good. It sounds to me like you know what you're doing. Now I'll tell you one thing there. I've gone up and down. I'm sure you're familiar with what that place looks like. Yeah. It's like they've never modernized anything in the place. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. I've gone up and down the stairs five times before we've made a deal. <laughs> so they're, they're a very, very shrewd operation. Yeah. But I will tell you this. If you can't make the deal there, you're never going to make it in any Toyota dealership. Well, I say he's, he's, that's going to war. You in there, and uh, you're you're shrewd and you're sharp. If you go in there and you're gullible and you're uh, inexperienced, uh, you, you'll end up paying several thousand dollars over a sticker, and uh, they'll make a ten thousand dollar profit on you. If you go in there wheeling and dealing and sharp and able to negotiate, you can buy the car for hundred dollars over their net cost. Oh yeah. Well, I'll say one thing: most of their poor reviews are with uh, used cars, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's where a lot of people get stuck. And it's apparently people that have, uh, you know, poor credit. Sure. And they, you know, and they need a car and they, you know, they have to go for it. Yeah, the thing. Cars, obviously, if you're, if you're a good negotiator, you, you can get them to the, at least the rock bottom price. You had on the money. They yeah. put on their sticker that market value and you know, yeah. that all the other nonsense. Yeah. And I never, I tell the salesman right away, listen, we gotta forget about that price. Yeah. And hey. now you gotta negotiate. Yeah, you gotta I let like, them know you know what I you're doing. I to like it, so to me, it's, it's fun. Most people don't like it. Maybe, we, maybe we'll let you do a mystery shopping report for us, Marty. Would you? Well, how'd you like to go to Al Hendrickson and really beat him up bad and see how good a price you could get? Well, I can, I can tell you this. For my last car, I got it there. Good. And believe me, it was a, it was a three to four hour negotiation. <laughs> but I can tell you this. I went to all the three dealers in West Palm including yours, uh -huh. and I got the car for $4,000 less than any other dealer. Wow. It's, 
it, sometimes it hasn't worked out, and I'll be the first one to agree yeah. that you know it, it, it hasn't worked out. But this one happened to be very good, and it was the end of February. I don't know if that was a good deal. The end of February of 2020, and uh, it was just before the pandemic hit, and I was. I, I'd say I was the only guy in the place. Really? And uh, they must have needed a sale for the end of the month. Well, you let me know when you want to go down there again, and we'll we'll give you the uh, the uh, brief course on mystery shopping, and we'd love to have you uh, show us how good you are. All right. All right? All right. If I decide, the only problem I have is hey, uh, that Mar- I really want a car. It's Nancy. Uh, Marty, is your uh, is your name on the list of uh, volunteers for Earl's Vigilantes? No, it isn't. Because Boy, it's, it's, you sound like you belong at the very top. Uh, let's, let's put it this way: my thing is, you got to have time, and you got to have the uh, initiative to really deal. You, you you can't just go into a car deal and say, "Look, I want a Camry and." Uh, and they say, okay, here it is, and you pay the price. you got to be tough. I've never, yeah. I've never done that, and I'm yeah. 76. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I negotiate. Yeah, and then the little old lady came in after you bought that car for $500 over cost, and she paid $10,000 over. So their average profit is just fine. Everybody that goes into every car dealership, especially Al Hendrickson, pays a different price for the same car. And the price is the product. Yeah. So you're 100% correct. Exactly. 100%. Okay. Marty, right. thanks. Yeah. You're a great caller. You know, but, uh, thanks a lot. You're welcome, Marty. Spread day. the word about our Earl's Vigilantes. And uh, for all you folks that are listening out there, uh, this is a, a great group of volunteers uh, that get together uh, that's going to help, uh, you know, a lot of consumers in their own neighborhood. You know, by getting uh, this information and weeding these uh, dealers, these auto dealers uh, out. So uh, you can go to Earl on Cars and sign up, uh, and we'd, we'd love to have you join us, earlsvigilantes.com. Uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new Lady callers, fifty dollars. Now back to Stu. Okie dokie. Or, Either one, I'm happy. We do have a YouTube on right now. It uh, is fifty nine forty six. Is asking, <clears throat> what's up with the car business? It seems they don't know what to pay salesmen anymore. A salesman can make good money, but only if he works nonstop, tirelessly, taking numerous ups and calls. Miss one day and miss a bonus. Well, it's great to hear from a car salesperson. Uh, it's tough out there. Uh, it depends on the dealership. And there's some dealerships that you just, based on your morals and ethics, uh, you just wouldn't want to work for. Uh, a lot of car dealerships do, in fact, unfortunately, most of them do a lot of bait and switch advertising, which means that as a car salesperson, you're standing there waiting for someone to come in the door who has been deceived. You'll see this every week on our Mystery Shopping Report. Bait and switch ad, the car will be advertised for far less than they'll ever sell that car for. Uh, the truth is sometimes disclosed in the fine print, sometimes not. Uh, so here you are trying to explain to a nice person that came in 
and smiled at you and you smiled at them, explaining to that person why you can't buy the car for the advertised price. We actually have uh, mystery shoppers that are told by the salesperson, listen, that ad is there just to get you in the door. They find that is easier to confront the lie and the deception up front, hopefully to gain the confidence personally of the shopper, or the you know, buyer, but in most cases that won't happen. And then you have to play the game. So I don't blame you for not liking being a car salesperson. My suggestion is you shop around for a dealership that's honest and transparent and that will pay you fairly and uh, not make you an adversary to every customer that comes in the door. There are a few dealerships like that, and you should try to find one. And find one that doesn't have an 80-hour uh, work schedule, because that right. is the old model, and it, it's designed to handle, like what Earl just said, a ton of traffic. A lot of people coming on ads that are never going to come true, and so you got to be there to get that traffic. Um, uh, a better car dealership would have more like a, a normal work week and also don't don't put you in the position of having to defend a bunch of lies. Yeah, the average hours per week at a good car dealership would be between 40 and 50, 50 hours. Yeah. I mean, 50 hours would be max. Uh, the key to key, seven day a week kind of thing, that's going way back. Mm -hmm. A good car dealership does not do that anymore. It's demoralizing and you're not going to be on your best if you have to work 70 hours a week. You're not going to be on your best. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what that cliche, bell to bell, 80, mm -hmm. hour, 80 hours a week, whew, boy, I'll tell you what, that's a killer. Um, As a matter of fact, Iz just came with another comment. He says, yes, we had only one car available at the advertised price, and we were not allowed to sell it. Yeah. Get fired. Interesting. That's, uh, typically, in one of these, uh, one of these tough uh, old-school dealerships, they have the bait-and-switch car, and they say, you cannot sell the car. Sometimes they say, if you sell the car, you're fired. Sometimes they just say that uh, there's no commission. So if you want to work for nothing uh, and you sell the, the, the ad car. You get a dollar. Yeah, yeah. You, you get, you know, exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's in my pocket right here. I'll hand it to you personally when you yeah. sell the car. Okay, <laughs> folks, we're going to go back to the phones. Uh, Warren has been holding from Pompano Beach. Good morning, Warren. Nice to hear from you. Good morning, guys. I thought I'd add a little bit of levity to your show today. When Burt Reynolds died, this is in regards to car songs and car movies, he told a story. They played an interview with him. And from Smokey and the Bandit, he got a call from the president of General Motors and said, we want to give you a Pontiac. Was it a Pontiac Trans Am that was in the movie? Yeah. Yes, it was. And yeah. Yes. So he said, we want you to come to Detroit, if you don't mind. And we want to make a presentation and give you the car. So he said, that's great. So he flew to Detroit, and he got to the plant, and he said he had, the, like, the biggest day of his life because they had banners that said, Burr, Burr, and they were screaming his name because they had to put on a third shift just to keep up with the demand. <laughs> and they handed him the keys. They made a whole big deal about it, and he says, you know, the plant, you know, the people in the plant were yelling his name. And he says it was like a big, big thrill. So the president said, that we're going to give you a new one every year for the rest of your life. Yeah. So every year on that date, he had a new Trans Am delivered to his house. And <laughs> all of a sudden, about seven years go by, he said he gave one to his sister, he gave one to his friend, he'd keep the new one, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, he said seven years go by, and the eighth year comes, and there's no car. So he calls up, and he speaks to somebody at General Motors, and they say, he says to them, I was promised a car every year for the rest of my life. So this is the person on the other end says, well, that may not work because you misunderstood what we said. It was till the end of the president of General Motors' life, and he dies. 
Well, you know, it's an like that raises an interesting question <laughs> to my. I used to be a Pontiac dealer, and uh, we used to deliver a new Trans Am to Burt Reynolds' father, who lived in this area uh, every year. And that uh, we, the you know, the the Bandit car was the one we we delivered. So his father was uh, getting a car. Probably Burt paid for it, and uh, but we would deliver that. He would come in, Burt Reynolds' father, to to uh, my dealership in 1928 South Dixie and West Palm Beach and pick up his new Trans Am every year. Yeah, I thought, I thought you guys get a kick out of it. And yeah. you know the way Burt Reynolds tells a story, you know, it's, it, was, it was funny the way he was telling it. Yeah. Uh, I just thought you guys get a, get a kick out of that one. Yeah, I, I just and found the video that, of him uh, with that interview telling the story, so I'll watch that after the show. <laughs> He's a great storyteller. <laughs> I, I love at the end when he, when he talks the part about you know well you got it wrong it's not your life right. it's his life <laughs> that surprised me it's the car business uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, anyway so you know that that was it I, I just got one one question for you guys it's sort of like a pet peeve of mine when I'm driving and we all do stupid things when we're driving why is it that when sometimes you're driving and you want to get into another lane somebody's got to speed up on you. I, I just don't understand that. People don't like people in front of them. I don't know what it is. It's a comp competitive thing. Well, it, yeah, it's a, um, I think so. psychologists probably have done studies on that. And I, I, I see it all the time. You're absolutely, it's a great observation. And uh, I find myself doing it. I, I think uh, it's an animal kind of a evolutionary instinctive uh, survival or something. Something I, kicks in when a bunch of yeah. humans are going in one direction. Yeah. It becomes a race. <laughs> you want to be ahead, yeah. Right. It's just, but that's a great observation, Warren. You're correct. And Earl's no, the most guilty one of them. I'm guilty, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one you're talking about. <laughs> and and one of the funny things is I have Florida plates on my car, but I spend the whole summer up in New Jersey, northern New Jersey. If I miss something up there, I just yell out, well, what do you want from a guy from Florida? Although I lived there in my whole life, and I know every road back and forth. Uh -huh. So it says, don't you, give a guy, don't you give a guy from out of state a break? Nope. Uh, anyway. So, no, no, you're a target. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much. I enjoyed Thank you, show. Warren. Thanks, Warren. Thanks for the humor. 877-960-9960, or you can text us. 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Okay, some anonymous feedback. Um, I'm a snowbird, not sure how long, and a vigilante. Hey, well, I don't know who you are, but you're one of our, our vigilantes. Uh, we'll be going back to Michigan in early May. Um, if you're doing the mystery shop out of state, I could maybe do a few in Michigan if you so desire. I just kind of did such a thing with two different Mazda dealerships in Michigan, one on the west side of the state, and one in the southeast Michigan. And honestly, both were straight up, gave me an out-the-door price without dealer fees, and sent it to me by email. The out-the-door price they gave me was very similar to your mystery shop of Mazda Palm Beach, and both were about 2,000 below invoice. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that all northern dealers are this way, uh, but dealerships in the south, particularly South Florida, are just brutal. And you hit the nail on the head. There is there's something unique and special about South Florida. <laughs> well, Tennessee was and and Murfreesboro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. we're expanding our yeah. The Wild West is down here, but there's just they have a uh, like a satellite location <laughs> in Murfreesboro. 
Well, California, for example, and other states have a cap on hidden fees. Mm -hmm. And uh, they allow the dealers to have their uh, BS fee, and they just say, identify it, and we're going to put a cap on it. So they put a cap, I, I'm going to say $100, used to be $75, it's probably $100, maybe more. But it doesn't make any difference really how much the fee is, as long as it's disclosed, there's not something hidden in addition to that fee. It's it's uh, permitted by law, and it's advertised in the price. That completely neuters hidden fees. If you put it in the price when you advertise it, it's not hidden anymore. Have, you know, knock yourself out. That's right. All well, right. Uh, more anonymous feedback. Excuse me, Steve. Yes. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones. Okay. And we are going to talk to Dina. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank uh, you so much for taking my call. Oh, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Um, you've won yourself $50 for uh, the uh, first-time female caller, so I thank you for calling. What can we do for you today? Well, I received a, a flyer in the mail from Edmore's Honda. Mm -hmm. There was a scratch-off, and it appeared as, as if I was an, a, a winner of $1,000. Congratulations. I knew I wasn't. <laughs> uh, I went to the dealership and was told, by a salesperson that this was a joke, which I thought was really cute. He was right. <laughs> he sent me to, to an, someone else. The man was sitting at a desk, and uh, all he wanted was my contact information, which, of course, all he had to do was ask for the flyer, and it was on the flyer. When I said he had, he, he, I wasn't going to give it because it was on the flyer, he got up and he walked away from me. <laughs> my I asked for a manager, and just as you've said on, t on, on the radio, a gentleman came over and he said that he was the manager, which of course now I realize he was not. And he took me to to show me that the sign, which the sign on the flyer said, "Peel off here to see if you have a match. If you have won, head to the dealership and match your winning number to our prize board to see what you have won." <laughs> and then underneath it it says, "Come in today and get your guaranteed prize." Well, when I went over, he took me to the to the board. And yes, I was a winner. And then he went ahead and got another scratch off as if it was a lottery ticket. And when we scratched it off, guess what? I won nothing. <laughs> so it was the biggest joke. Oh, um, and I said something, and of course, they were not interested in what I had to say. Um, so I, I just want people to be aware of these flyers that come out in the mail that tell you that you are a winner. Yeah. And inevitably, you are not a winner. Of course. Dina, yeah. excuse me for interrupting, but uh, what was it that you said that they weren't interested in? They weren't inter interested in providing a prize. It mm -hmm. says on here you, you come in today and get a guaranteed prize. There was no prize. Um, he had a board with all the, the winning numbers that were on the flyer that I had, um, and then he then proceeded to hand me a scratch, another scratch-off ticket. Mm -hmm. And that scratch-off ticket, of course, I, I did not win anything. So he told me, oh, I'm sorry, you're not a winner. Dana, this you is know, one of these, you know, this this one of these turnkey sales that are going around, and here's the, the reason they do it. Uh, it's based on probability. They will sell about 1% of the people that come in. 99% are like you. They're savvy. They're not going to be fooled. But about 1% of the population will actually buy a car. So it's a numbers game. And they hired this company. Some of the people you talk to are professionals that come with a, with a kit. The dealer at Morsonda probably paid something like $10,000 or more. And they do the sale over a certain number of days. 
and they expect that 99% of the people are going to be too intelligent to fall for it. Some people just come in because sometimes there is a little free gift. They might get a, you know, a fan or a, a flashlight or something nominal, and they come in, take the flashlight, and they go home. But 1% uh, uh, actually come in and buy a car, and they do make a profit. Uh, have you ever gotten an email or any kind of a solicitation out of Nigeria or someplace, and they say your <laughs> uncle died? And, uh, and I, I've heard of them. Yes, I have received the email. <laughs> yes, we're stuck in London. Please send right. money. We need to exactly. get there. Uh -huh. Same principle. Yeah, those you are know, more honest than car dealers. I laugh at them. I even <laughs> put them on Facebook because I get them, and they say, you know, uh, uh, George Stewart and and uh, uh, Tokyo died. And, and uh, you know, his, there's no one here to collect his $200 million. And uh, so you're the, you're the heir apparent. And if you'll just send me 50000 so I can pay my cost, I'll arrange to have the full, you know, $200 million forwarded to you. So I laugh at it, but then I realize that about maybe it's one-tenth of 1%. But whatever it is, there are enough suckers on the planet that if you send out a million of these, you make money. It's profitable. Yeah, and uh, Dina? Yeah, it, was, it was very sad because the dealership was crowded, and I saw, and I hate to say this, uh, a, a couple of elderly ladies, and I wanted to go over and tell them to please head for the hills. Yes. But I didn't. Yes. Uh, you know, you just felt badly for them because they were coming in, obviously, with this flyer, yes. and nothing was being done for them. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that going on right now. I think I talked to um, two ladies this past week who uh, had the same encounter and they handled it pretty well, even though they knew, in fact, you know, this is a way to, to get you in the door. It's amazing the amount of deception that's out there. And there's, it's amazing that today there aren't a whole lot of consumers that will just stand up to that person and, uh, you know, stand their ground. That's all. Knowledge is power. Uh, you get them in the door, but uh, you, you know, prove to them that salesperson uh, that you're not a moron, and uh, turn around and leave. Well, I will tell you, I did have the nerve. You would laugh at this one. I did have the nerve to go back the next day because I had listened to your program that morning, and I went back in the next day and I asked for a manager because the first first time a gentleman said he was the manager. I knew he wasn't, but I went at, along with it. I went back the second day, another gentleman said he was the manager. I said, oh, can I have a business card, please? Oh, I just started a month ago. I don't have any. <laughs> I said, well, we have a manager who perhaps has a, a business card. And suddenly another gentleman comes out. And now he presents me with a business card. Oh, well, let me see what I can do for you. And then he presents me with a gentleman, as you said, who was from this company that present that made up the flyer yep. and yep. he sat down with me oh let me tell you all about it and this is what happened and so on and so forth and on the flyer it showed some of the gifts that you might be eligible for might. at which point I said oh I guess I'm not eligible for anything and, and on the inside of the flyer it says just for coming in pick a prize and it shows a bunch of things so suddenly he disappears comes back and hands me a prize I mean, it was something that, believe me, um, I would toss in the garbage, but it was something that because I pushed the envelope, he was giving me a prize. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, it says, while supplies last, it was the biggest joke. Don't you think that if, if you turn around, you'd say to yourself, am I on candid camera? Uh, I mean, the you're, you're absolutely right. And at that point, I, I turned around to walk out to say, if I did need 
Honda. I would never go back to Ed Morse Honda because of that type of treatment. Boy, I'll tell you what, Diana, we could sure use you. Are you on the, uh, the uh, vigilantes list? No, I'm not, but I would love to be a, mos a mystery shopper. Oh, wow. We would love for you to be a mystery shopper. You'd be, We'd a, good, also, you'd be a good one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I like your style. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I did it as a joke because I knew I wasn't getting that original $1,000, um, but it was just very sad when I think that people fall for this type of yeah. advertisement. I, I wonder what happened to the two little old ladies. I don't know. Very Believe sad. Me, I wanted to hang around and, and watch, but I had to get home at that time. Yeah. But uh, I felt so badly because the dealership was packed. There was barely any, there was no place to sit down. Amazing. Um, and, and people were falling for it. Yeah, um, amazing. So what, what can I say? So I got up and walked out, but I would love to be a mystery shopper. How's that? Thank, thanks for bringing all of this uh, to our attention. Uh, be sure to send me your contact information. We'll discuss. Okay. And uh, you have yourself a great time spending that $50. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, how do I contact you? Uh, you can just uh, stay on the line with the uh, control room, and uh, Mike will take your information. You'll be able to email me. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you for speaking with me this morning. Oh, thank you. Bye, Dana. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530, youranonymousfeedback.com. Take advantage of it. Now back to Rick. Uh, we've got Richard Poplis says, Earl, have you ever heard of Carwright in the north in Connecticut? Uh, can you negotiate with them? It says they have one set price with no salesman. And he says he loves the show and our honesty. Carwright, I haven't heard of Carwright. Is that, is that like C-A-R-I-G-H-T? It's C-A-R-R-I-T-E, oh, Carwright. Cool. Yeah, there's not a new one. Uh, it's uh, Richard, these kind of uh, companies are growing, and uh, most of them are legitimate. Uh, CarMax is probably the original, and they have one price. It's not negotiable. It's a fair price. Uh, we also have uh, WeBuyAnyCar.com. We have Carvana. We have Vroom, V-R-O-O-M. AutoNation almost bought Vroom. I didn't realize that. Uh, they were uh, talking to them about a year ago about buying. AutoNation is not quite one price, but they're talking about it. Uh, so yeah, the one price thing is is a, uh, a groundswell, and of course our dealership has been one price for a long time. Uh, you be sure it's the lowest price. Uh, that's the trend to put their lowest price on every vehicle. That way, you know, uh, we were talking about a little old lady at Edmore Sonda. Uh, who paid probably several thousand dollars profit, and uh, everybody comes into a car dealership now pays a different price. That's just not customer friendly, and the buy the uh, dealers now are starting to figure this out. And we have someone like Carwright apparently, and yeah. uh, we'll check them out. I just checked them out. Um, it's not a it's not like Carvana or Vroom. It's not they're not selling the cars. Oh. it's a service. It's they sign up dealers. It's a, it's a listing service, so you're still dealing with dealers. Be careful. Uh, yeah. yeah. If it involves dealers, forget about it. Uh, even though Carwright might be legitimate, if, if, they're, if they're working through the dealers, right. uh, then there's a red flag yeah. right there. Their website is great, and they're saying all the right things, but it's going to break down the second you start dealing with um, a, 
a typical dealer. They might have some good dealers on it and are going to honor it, but um, yeah. basically they have to commit to selling the car for one price, no negotiating. Yeah. Um, but it's a listing service similar to Auto Trader. Yeah. So there's no uh, way to contact Car Right directly. Well, all you could there do is, is, but they're not. They don't own yeah. the cars. They're not selling the cars. They're just uh, see Costco has a dealer network too, and that's the Achilles heel in the Costco program. Exactly. This show recommends the Costco auto buying program is the very best, very best way to buy a vehicle. But unless you go through Costco and go by their rules and dot the I's and cross the T's per Costco, the dealers will lie to you and tell you it's a Costco price and it's not and take advantage of you. So beware. It's always beware when you walk into a dealership. Uh, yeah. I also wanted to mention uh, when Dina called about Ed Morris Honda, um, that weekend that she was there, uh, they had a big spike in, in sales. Typically on a weekend, Ed Morsana, because we get uh, weekly reports because we compete with them. Yeah. And uh, typically, a typical weekend for them, maybe 15 new Hondas, uh, they did 33 um, on that weekend. So people were responding to the ad. And they're also getting pretty aggressive. Our body shop manager and uh, former member of this show, <laughs> Alan, uh, he gets a lot of their um, their advertisements. He forwarded me one uh, that they, they sent out last week. Actually, it was on Facebook. They're offering 5000 over Kelly Blue Book for trade-ins guaranteed. So we know that's not the case. If it was the case, we would sell them our used car inventory and, and, and make a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think we need to put them on the uh, Agent Lightning or yeah. Thunder. Oh, they've them. been targeted. Yeah. yeah. Then we just lit them up. <laughs> and Silver Surfers is high, guys. The end residual on my lease is 22000 with 20 months left. The KBB trade-in is only 23000 currently. Anything a dealer could do to get me out of it early besides swap a lease? Thanks. Uh, no. I mean, you've got to, uh, to make the payments on the vehicle. Uh, you're contractually obligated. You can make them now or make them later. How many months did he say? 22 months? He's got 20 months left, and his residu yeah. the end residual yeah. is $22,000. Well, you, you add 20 times your monthly payment, and that's, that's really what you're going to have to pay. That's your right. What, what do you say KBB said the car was worth? 23000 I mean, it's worth exploring. I mean, that's, I mean, if it's worth more than the residual, then you, then you can. Um, but the KBB is not, um, it's a good guide. Um, you should definitely get a few different bids on getting the car appraised um, from different places and see if it's possible. Well, he, he can exercise it, yeah. but he has to make 23 payments. Not if he buys it out. Oh, if he buys it okay. Yeah, if they buy it out. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the two things. You can either make all the payments, um, which is, I don't, did he mention what his payment was? He did not. Okay, so if it's 300, you know, he's got 6,000 in payments roughly. Yeah. I'm just making this up. It's, hi yeah. it's highly unlikely. I think, yeah. I think you made a mistake because for a car uh, that's leased to have higher Kelly Blue Book, a wholesale value, uh, with 22, almost two, almost two years left. It's not it, typical. It's <laughs> not typical. Yeah, so, yeah. That raises some suspicion. Be careful. Yeah, but if you go to Ed Moore's Honda, they'll give you 5000 over Kelly Blue Book, so you should be able to get out of the lease, no problem. Yeah. Give him a call. <laughs> All right, anonymous feedback. Back when we were kids, and I'm talking in the 1950s, supposedly a common prank was putting sugar in a car's gas tank. I don't think I knew anyone who did that or anyone who had that done to them. My question is, what happens to a car if someone really did that? I've been wondering about this for about 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you? It's gonna. I just it ruins the engine, right? That's what I would, and go into No, the, no. What happens? Most cases it makes it would, cotton candy coming out of the tailpipe. Yeah. 
No. Actually, it does. It tastes really good, but you, you got to be right up to the tailpipe for soup. Uh, the sugar pretty much would dissolve into the fuel, and it would mess with the chemical composition of it to the point that the engine probably wouldn't run. And when you get it to a mechanic, they would diagnose it as bad gasoline. We'd drain it. We would drain it. the tank, flush it out with fresh fuel, flush it through the injectors, gonna, and what, get the what, car running again. Wouldn't it gum up the carburetor because all the cars back when he was talking back about then, uh, it's very unlikely because the sugar would would dissolve in the gasoline, and it would still it would simply spray through because the jets and carburetors were actually very large. They were a big opening. The openings on modern fuel injectors are oh. about one-tenth the size of a human hair. Yeah. So if anything, on modern cars, yeah. it would be more likely that some debris might mess it up. Right. But in order for that fuel to get through the filter that's in the tank, yeah. it's got to be small enough to make it through those injectors anyways. Yeah. So you're, you're really, the worst thing you're going to see is the car will not run because of the contaminated fuel. It just won't burn yeah. properly, You're so the car better off to use artificial sweetener and the gasoline. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, sweeten low. Now yeah. that, yeah. oh, that'll do it. So that's really good to know. So if you're thinking <laughs> about doing that, that prank, you know, the consequences if you get caught wouldn't be that bad. Right. You might be, you know, have to come up with a few hundred dollars to pay for a flush and a. You, right. It'd be about the same thing <laughs> as the folks that accidentally that's put a, diesel into the car right. or E85 into the car. That's an interesting topic. I, I, mean, I don't know whether it's because of where I come from, from Pittsburgh. Um, in Pittsburgh, or you just put whether, potatoes in the, in the tailpipes. <laughs> whether whether uh, <laughs> it's uh, my location or, or, or what it might be. But um, whew, a lot of people using a whole lot of sugar. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right, we got another one here, uh, anonymous feedback. I recently had an accident in my car and had my car repaired in a reputable body shop. Unfortunately, I hope that insurance would total the car because I just don't feel safe in the car anymore. Insurance says it's fixable. I know in my gut that this car isn't right anymore. Why can't insurance take into account the fact that a big wreck ruins more than fenders and doors? It ruins confidence. And uh, I definitely sympathize with that. We see a lot of it. Um, there's People get spooked. And it's when you see, and we talked about this last week, about Tiger Woods' genesis, um, people saw the condition, and after that wreck, they go, man, that thing is awful now i'm sure they totaled tiger woods genesis because it looks very expensive but when you see um the impact on, on your car i could i completely sympathize that it feels like it's ruined um there are attorneys yeah. that that will take that case in fact uh, uh we used uh, for a long time gordon used to be gordon and donner and now they're gordon and partner and uh they they specialize in that sort of thing well in diminished value yeah, yeah. They're just this. This person is just spooked. They just think yeah. there's something wrong with the car now. Didn't want to yeah, drive I'll, it. Oh, I'll just uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it is a natural thing. Um, and and be honest with you, it, you know, you're it's it's based somewhat in fact. I mean, after a big accident, even if it's fixed, there's a good chance that might not drive as well as it did, and there might be the potential for more problems down the road. Um, you did indicate um, that it was done at a reputable body shop. I hope that's the case. It's less likely for things to go wrong down the road if it's, it is a professional outfit. But watch out for those, you know, smaller places on the side of the road, you know. All right. Here's more anonymous feedback. Um, if I buy a previously enjoyed Toyota, 
<laughs> and it's, in other words, a used Toyota, and it's still under warranty, can I still buy the Toyota extended warranty? Thank you. Um, you can, and it depends on the year and miles on the car. All warranties will have restrictions on what they can cover. So if, it's, if it fits into those um, parameters, you should be able to get one. Um, but look, we talked about warranties earlier. So there are good warranties and bad warranties. Um, it's probably best, I mean, I'm, I'll refer to you, I think if you call a reputable a dealership and they're selling their version of the manufacturer warranty, inquire about that. And what I do, if I were not in the business and I were buying a used car, I would uh, ask what their checklist is on uh, cars that they put the certified warranty on, and I'd say, would you please perform this check, tell me what you charge to do the check on this, and then I'll take the car, but I don't want to pay for the warranty. So uh, it's uh, that way you've got a car that's been qualified, and if it's qualified, chances are you're not going to have a problem because the warranty companies make a ton of money. I mean, that's where Warren Buffett made most of his money is with insurance, and that's all uh, an extended warranty is. It's an insurance policy, and they price the premium much higher than they have claims, especially with uh, car warranties. And don't forget to go to the manufacturer of your car. It's a Toyota stop in at a Toyota dealer. And just ask them, would they please print out a maintenance history? And every time that that car was serviced or repaired or anything was done at any dealership, it'll be on that list. Any and they can tell dealer. you what was done. Any Toyota dealer, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also Honda for any Honda dealer. Yeah. No, uh, if they take it to an Edmonton. Right. Yeah. If you, any Toyota dealer in the nation, it's all in that database. Exactly. And the same thing with all the other manufacturers. Yeah. So you can find out if that car was properly maintained or not. Most people don't bring it back to the dealer for maintenance. Uh, so if you can get hold of the owner, the previous owner, then uh, sometimes they'll have their copies of their bills or be able yep. to get that too. Yeah. All right. You got a call over there? I was just checking. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-497. 6530 on that topic of warranties boy there sure is a lot of scammers out there be careful folks whenever you uh, go into the dealership and if you are offered an extended warranty my first question what doesn't it cover now back to Stu. okay anonymous feedback when i was younger i loved the mazda miata but i, I was teased merciless, mercilessly by my friends who said it was a chick car I'm ashamed that I did not ever buy one because of this. A few years later, I considered a Toyota RAV4. Once again, my friends said it was a ladies' vehicle. This isn't true, is it? Um, no, it's not true. <laughs> I go, you need to get some uh, more enlightened friends. Uh, it sounds like you're like, uh, that sounds like toxic masculinity. I've heard things like that before. If you no, like no, a car, buy a car. No, no, wait a minute. The RAV4 was initially designed to take into consideration the female buyer. Maybe it was. Because it was uh, smaller, and, and not, no other reason, uh, it was a smaller vehicle. Earl is also suffering from toxic masculinity. Yeah. If yeah. you like a car, buy the car. Yeah. You know. I, I got news for you. One of the vehicles that I seriously considered trading my Tacoma away when the RAV came out yeah. was that two-door convertible RAV. Because to me, that. that was a sexy little vehicle. I was ready to jump on that It looked thing. like a little rollerblade that you could yeah. drive. But they were cool. I, I didn't see that. It, it, it literally had a, the back half of the roof was a convertible canvas roof, and it was a two-door RAV4 uh -huh. 
And they were great looking little cars. I loved it. Great looking little ladies' car right there. Well, they're, they're, Whatever. They're, they're, <laughs> I'm, I'm securing my masculinity. Yeah. You know, they're finally, there's, there's an enlightenment happening now with the manufacturers to realize that this is a bull breaking yeah. news. I, Women are smaller than men. Right, but yeah. th Dad, you're, you're missing the whole point. It, it has nothing to do with what it was designed for. They're saying that if you drive the car, you're feminine. That the styling is feminine. That's yeah. I, I've heard this before. Well, like well, a Miata was like your made fun. It wasn't a real sports car. It was the ladies' I'm version not of sports car. I'm the point. I'm just uh, because they don't recognize the female gender in most car manufacturers and dealers. Now they're recognized. So uh, cars should look more feminine and, right. and less masculine. And if you're a woman, right. I mean people. That's the reason women buy feminine things because they're women, and men buy masculine well, things. Well, but if a guy, but if a guy likes a Volkswagen Beetle and he wants to drive one, and his friend says he's going to be ladylike if he drives it, he should give his friends the finger and buy the car anyway because it's his choice. I mean, that's yeah. that's what that's what I think he's. But going the Beetle for. was uh, was not designed for women. The Beetle. It wasn't no, yeah. but but women bought it, and it became yeah. that was in used cars considered a, a girls' in fact, car. In and fact, that that's unfortunately out of the height of the. Uh, male chauvinism yeah. movement. Well, when when the new Beetle came out, remember, it actually had a little spot on the dash that was a flower vase. And how is that feminine? I don't know. But I like flowers, kind of, too. Kind right. of a cool idea that you can put <laughs> flowers right there in your car. And as far as I see it, every car that I've ever had, I gave it a girl's name because I just <laughs> felt that was yeah, my, it, it, my right. It's like an SOP, you know, yeah. that's what you do. You know, uh, any, anything at all. I mean, uh, my my uh, hibiscus tree is a is a girl. Yeah. Um, anyway, that might have been a poor example. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, Earl really hit on a, a great topic, and so does Stu, as far and so and so did uh, Rick. But uh, this uh, lady uh, at at uh, General Motors, who's the senior design release, um, uh, she is uh, really doing a lot of work to uh, get the female buyers in and there are more women buying the Buick uh, that she designed than ever before. Everything is with the female in mind. So she, like I said, she's the Buick senior design release engineer of the interior of that uh, vehicle. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. All right, anonymous feedback. Are there any mandatory maintenance requirements to satisfy the warranty versus recommended service? Uh, they're highly recommended, and then the danger, what makes them mandatory, is if you grossly neglect recommended maintenance and you have a failure, then the warranty won't cover it. So uh, in most cases, that fear is unfounded that uh, people will, dealers will often say, you better have this done or else your warranty won't cover you in a failure. In most cases, that's not true. Uh, it's a good idea to be safe. You should always keep track of what service you have. You don't have to go to a dealer to maintain your car. You can go anywhere you want. Keep receipts and be sure you're going to a competent source. You can probably get a better price at a place besides a car dealer for routine maintenance, but just be sure they do it right and keep a copy of the receipt. But don't be, don't be threatened that if you don't do it exactly when the owner manual says, you're going to have your warranty in, invalidated. That's okay. Uh, next one, very, great, very good question. When a dealership gets its new cars, does that dealer order the exact specifications, or does the factory just send them a mixed batch? Well, 
Um, modern distribution systems, a lot of it is, most of it is automated based on algorithms, based on what you sell, color, equipment, trim level, and all that. But the dealer has some input on preferences, so they can indicate um, preferences for certain equipment combinations, but it's not guaranteed, so a lot of it is kind of decided by the computers. It's a, it's a much different than it was in your day. I, I do think, I remember you telling me stories of you and, and my uncle going through and ordering cars, and I think it was probably much more specific. You could oh, say, yeah. I, want, I want 32 green Bonnevilles, and exactly. then you would argue with Uncle Doug about whether green Bonnevilles were good car, car yeah. stock. Yeah, my brother ordered all, all the cars were green, and I say, why do we have all green cars? He says, because uh, we all sold all green cars last month. I said, that's because that's all we had. Right, and, and it hasn't changed that much now because the, the algorithms that the modern distribution system uses takes into account your historical sales. So if you're selling a whole bunch of green cars, yeah. you're going to earn a lot more green cars, uh, but you can modify it um, as a dealer. We can modify it and go in there and say, we'd like to see a certain percentage of this package or that color. So The problem with today's modern car is there's a proliferation of accessories, colors, and combinations of probably literally millions. And so to have to customize a car specifically, they probably don't make it exactly the way you want it. So they have generalized uh, combinations of accessories and colors, and it really works out to the best for everybody. Uh, you can still sometimes order a car specifically, but you're going to wait a long, long time yeah. before they build that car. And it might be built overseas. Exactly. And even now, some of like the, the, the special ordering we have, it's still like a big, fancy, complicated dealer trade. Like you have a car that's being built, but it doesn't have the equipment that you want or the color that you want. You offer that up for trade and you find it from another region and it, it's just a big, it takes a long time. So, um, Next, I heard that Costco car deals are pretty good. Is it like getting fleet pricing? Can you get a better deal at Earl Stewart? Well, of course you can. No, just kidding. Uh, well, it depends on the car. I mean, in some cases, Costco pricing is is lower than what um, a, a fleet account um, would be able to buy from a dealer. Um, it, it's all probably uh, not. Probably, I mean, yeah. it's possible. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Costco is a great way. And we addressed it earlier in the show. Costco is a great way to get a great, great price on a new car, provided that you. Go, go in with caution and make sure the dealer is following the program to the letter. Yeah. nice thing about Costco Auto Program is you can communicate with them and have them look into your interaction. If they're not doing it the right way, they'll let you know. And the in some key, cases... The key to the Costco program being good, if the dealer abides yeah. by a big, huge if, contractually, that dealer signs a contract with Costco that the car you bought, that has to be a lower price than he sells that car to anybody for. Now that's that's the letter of the law in the contract. So if he abides by the letter of the law, buying a car on the Costco member buying program is by far the best way to buy a car. Now that's the lowest price that dealer will sell the car. So if you really want to nail it down, go to two or three Costco recommended dealers for your make because the other dealers might have a different price that's a lower price than he sells it to anybody else for. And you do that, you've got the best of all worlds, and you stole the car. Dealers don't like to sell the car at the Costco price. Another reason... I don't. <laughs> we don't, no. <laughs> we don't at our dealership. We're a Costco auto dealer program, and we prefer not to, but uh, we do it, and we go by the letter of the law because it's the letter of the law. That's right. All right, uh, next one. How do snow-covered bumpers affect the new sensors? Will they still work? Hmm. That's actually a very good one. Uh, 
The new blind spot monitors are mounted on the back corners underneath the bumper cover. So yes, if you've got snow buildup and ice buildup on the bumpers, you're gonna need to brush that off because it can affect the blind spot monitors. Also be very careful of any bumper stickers or uh, like identifying stickers that you put on that might be metallic because those can interfere with those sensors as well. You don't want any stickers or anything else on your bumpers on the back end anymore. Very good. Can you readily identify the sensor location? Uh, it's it's not visible. It's not something that you're going to be able to spot and say, oh, there's, there's where it is. Wow. But it's actually, if you look at the back corner of the car, it's going to be underneath that bumper, kind of down low, about 12 to 15 inches back from your tire. If it's underneath, then you're unlikely to have a bumper sticker over it, right? Well, if it's it's on the in, it's on the side of the car, right back at the corner, but it's behind the bumper cover. Mm -hmm. So if you put a sticker on the on the back side of the bumper, oh wow, you could be covering over where that sensor is. See, that's something huh. I didn't realize. Wow. That's a that's a real safety hazard. Yeah, it could. Well, what would happen is you'd start getting weird yeah. operation of your blind spot monitor system. And you'd go into the dealership, say, "Hey, you know, there's something going on here. It's well, acting funny." The operation might be just doesn't work, so you don't know about that car coming crossways as you at 40 miles an hour. That's possible. Yeah, but um, a good mechanic would immediately spot that sticker and say, "Hey, we got to take that off first, right. and then double check the system." Well, you never know what you're going to learn here, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, I tell you what, uh, this is it's amazing. You heard from our, our certified. Uh, mechanic and that doesn't even justify his uh, reputation doesn't even put it in context he's just am amazing you have some questions for him give him a call 877-960-9960 or you can text Rick at 772-497-6530 and Earl uh, Silver Surfer has got a little more information he's the one with the, the lease car that was 22,000 yeah. and worth 23,000 he says his monthly payment is $300 a month with 20 payments left, so it'd be 6000 He says, I don't want to pay and that whole 6000 just to get rid of the car, no. but I'm trying to get approved for a mortgage to improve my DTI ratio. Debt to income. So um, if it is possible, and Earl's cautioning you, it is not likely, if you're seeing that KBB value of worth more than the buyout, explore it find out if you can sell the car or trade it in or have a dealer buy it out for that price because then you're in a good position and here's a way to I shop the car just yeah. shop the car like you were like you owned it yeah and you don't have to explain to anybody you take that car to three different dealers of that make used car manager i want to sell my car they're not going to know it's a lease car yeah. and you don't have to tell them say give me the best price you'll pay for this car then you go to two other used car that's the market value and then if you can actually uh, have a car that you can buy uh, f uh, for competitively with the residual value or sell, then mm -hmm. you're home free. Okay. Okay. Uh, next anonymous feedback says, what is the reasoning behind regional pricing differences? Is it because of poorer or better volume sales numbers? No. Um, I guess back in the day uh, when, um, I'm just talking about Toyota, I guess when they set up their distribution system and they created several regions and and uh distribution networks and they're just and they remain to this day um most of them like earl said are have now worked directly with toyota but gulf states toyota uh southeast toyota um they still have a separate thing and they have separate 
incentives and, and different pricing and, and fees on their end. So um, it was economics. Yeah. It was a way to get into the United States to the big fat market. Toyota couldn't afford to go national and, do and establish thing. a national dealer network. So they talked to people that wanted to invest, and they bought uh, Jim Moran for Southeast Toyota. Uh, uh, he was the founder. He bought uh, Southeast Toyota, uh, I believe, for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And now it's probably worth uh, over a billion, or billions of dollars. And so for a hundred thousand dollars, he had the franchise to set up dealers, which he he'd go to a gas station operator, and he'd say. Would you like to be a Toyota dealer? You'd say, "What's a Toyota?" And they would explain it to him. And so the gas station <laughs> would put a Toyota on a lot, and that's the way he started. Yeah. And uh, the rest is history. And I, I think the story was he had a choice. He was either going to buy a Volkswagen dealership or a Toyota distributorship. Yes. And he made the right decision. Yeah, they wouldn't give him the uh, Volkswagen franchise. He won the Volkswagen franchise on Miami Beach, and Volkswagen turned him down. So he took the money and he got the Toyota distributorship instead. That's right. Wow. And then he wound up with 70 giant yachts. I'll name them the gallon lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how can I know if, oh, I'm sorry, the, the last incognito, last anonymous feedback says, hey, Earl, how come all tires are black? And I will go <laughs> to the next one while you guys play with that one. Uh, boy, yeah, yeah. They hide dirt better? That's a, no, that's a great question, <laughs> I guess, because that's the way it, it comes out of the melting pot when they when they vulcanize rubber, yeah, probably. whatever you call it. And uh, they just said, uh, you know, it matches the asphalt, so let's leave it that way. I mean, back in the day, when we had these giant white walls, they looked like white tires. Yeah. Remember the great big, huge white walls? Yeah, and, yeah uh, they, they looked great for about... 50 miles. <laughs> yeah, I loved cleaning them, though. They were, they they just really added a lot of class to your vehicle. Very nice. I was just lucky that rubber is Job black on a Saturday morning. <laughs> the next time I get white wall tires, I'm bringing my car up to your house every weekend to have you clean my tires. Okay, okay. I like it when they call you Earl on these things. Hey, Earl, how come all tires are black? Well, you know, it, <laughs> it truly is a great question. I mean, there's a guy that thinks outside the box. Right. Why? I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a question a child would ask. And you would it, it, it is like like child asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. And because very immature person. And probably then, then they find out their their daddy doesn't know, and they usually make something up. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Bicycle tires now you can get in any color of the rainbow. Yeah, I would like to have uh, colored tires for that my would car. look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Bright blue accents. I would. I like black tires. <laughs> All right. Uh, next serious question: How can I uh, how can I know if the interest rate the car salesman gives me is the best rate? Last week you talked about car dealers marking up the rate. How can I see the real rate that the bank approved? Don't worry about it. Go to your bank. Go to your credit union. And if you don't have a credit union, join one. You can join a credit union for a hundred bucks a year or something like that. Uh, credit union rates are usually lower, and uh, you just you can go to two or three banks. I mean. Remember, the bank is going to the dealer and loaning the dealer the money, and he's marking it up and then financing the car. So go eliminate the middleman of the dealer, go to the bank the dealer deals with, and borrow the money directly from the bank. Based on your credit, you'll get a fair rate. Same thing is true with credit unions. You'll get a better rate at the credit union. That's right. All right, let's go for a lightning round. I don't know if you have any piled up over there. I do, but we're yep. getting close to mystery shopping report, so here's the lightning round. Uh, this is from Joe. My wife is going to buy a new luxury SUV like a Lexus or a similar car, and we're conflicted as to whether to buy a gas engine, a hybrid, or an electric car. 
Can you give us some direction? It's a large purchase. We'll be keeping for a long time. Thank Harvey. you, Joe. Well, I was just going to say, Consumer Reports, um, for any of them, go there and find out the best one. And I think hybrid is great. There are limitations for electric vehicles, but they're great, too. Um, but, yeah, I think I I'm going to I thought this was a lightning round. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. The, the cardboard and the radiator, um, we have a text from, uh, there's no name here, it says they, truckers do this also to warm up their car. So the truckers, they put the cardboard yep. in the in the radiator. Um, and then Dennis in Palm City, I guess, must have struck a nerve. He's talking about this, too. In the old days, when Earl and I were young, most big trucks had a custom-made snap-on canvas cover for the grill in winter. Oh. So I guess they accomplished the same thing. Huh. And uh, my question is, by using Costco Auto, would that be close to the best price for the purchase from the dealer? Uh, yes, if they are playing honestly and fair and... Uh, but, yes, we addressed that a few minutes ago. Okay, let me just say, I'll, I'll do a non-lightning answer because I was thinking about this before. If you're going to buy in the Costco member program, you ha you will be given the name of one dealer. And you need to go back to Costco and get another dealer uh, by uh, telling them anything you want to tell them. But if you, if you have a 33401 zip code, Ask for 33411 or something, and just give them different zip codes. They'll give you the certified member of Costco in that area. That way you can compare. You should probably compare at least two, preferably three, Costco dealers to get absolutely the best price. Okay. That was kind of like a lightning, lightning yeah. round a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, this is from Robbie and Stuart. Um, good morning. The other day of the local news, they were talking about being careful buying used cars. Um, it was John uh, Matchery's Don't R Waste Your Money. They showed an older to Toyota Tacoma that had a rusted out frame underneath. I read up on this, and back years ago, the frame manufacturers put out bad frames. Is this still an issue um, that one should look out for today on any vehicle? Um, that was a big problem with the rusted frames um, on the Tacomas. I don't believe that that's, they're being produced that way. Go ahead. They have been changed, and they're right. not having that issue anymore. However, the extended warranty on those rusted frames has expired, and Toyota is basically not, not doing it anymore. Right? Replacing them under the warranty anymore. Have any used car inspected by a qualified mechanic Bingo. of your choosing. Bingo. Okay. Next, last one. This is the final one. I reside in North Florida, and some dealers in Alabama and Georgia are actually closed, closer than those in Central Florida. Do major brand dealerships in those states collect tax tag title fees for Florida? Um, that's a great question. People ask this question a lot if they're buying a car, if you reside in another state. It depends on the state. In some cases, it's reciprocal and it, where you would collect the tag and title here in Florida, and that would be sent to your state. If it's not reciprocal, you buy it here, you don't pay tax or tag, and then you pay that when you register your car in your home county. Yeah, most, most states are reciprocal. Most are. There's a few weird ones, and um, I was going to list some of them, but that might have changed since my, my knowledge is old there. And we're caught up. Oh, Very great. Good. I can share my information with all of you guys. Did you know that um, the uh, tires that are sourced, uh, the reason that they're black is because of the carbon? Did you also know that it was sourced from a milky white substance? Latex. Mm -hmm. Did you? Okay. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I can always sound like I know. Well, the, the actual latex, the trees, what? the... Indians in the area way back would chew it like gum. That's yeah. right. Well, the rubber that tires are sourced from is a milky white color, 
but carbon black is added to the rubber as a stabilizing chemical and it makes the tire black. The Mm. addition of carbon black to the rubber increases the durability and the strength of the tire. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Is that the vulcanization process? I I think it might be. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, I think we're we're ready for the mystery shopping report. And uh, it's a doozy. And it's a mystery shopping report from Greenway Kia. Now back to the recovering car dealer. They're in Greenacres, right? Yeah. Okay. If Nissan dealerships win the prize for worst car dealer behavior, second place goes to the Kia dealer body. The evidence that supports this contention is published on gooddealerbaddealerlist.com. And you can get there by going to earlandcars.com where we post our grades for hundreds of car dealerships based on our mystery shop investigations. We post the actual reports there too, allowing you to see it and judge for yourself. We have theories as to why Nissan dealers do the things they do, but we haven't developed any answers for why Kia dealers behave so badly. Think about some of the Kia dealers we've already mystery shopped. Grico, Fuchillo, Napleton. It's like the all-star of old-school car dealers. I like that. All-star of old school. Fits it perfectly. Maybe dealers like these are drawn to franchises that tend to attract younger, less experienced entry-level car buyers with edgier credit reports. This is, I think this is all true. I mean, part of the problem is that why do they use these crazy deceptive tactics? Because they can. Because they get away with it. And to young and experienced buyers, uh, demographic-wise, uh, it works better than it does on sophisticated. If a BMW dealer or a Cadillac or a uh, Infinity dealer tried it, they'd be laughed out of town. Mm-hmm. So it works on the less sophisticated buyers. Whatever the reason, the key dealers on GoodDealerBadDealerList.com get worse grades than the other dealers. One of them, Greenway Kia in Green Acres, Florida. I always think of Lake Worth uh, area, southern Palm Beach County currently has a very low passing grade, a D plus. However, the last time we investigated them in July last year, it was for selling used cars with effective recall to cut airbags. We felt it was time to go back for a sales-related investigation using our venerated female, Mr. Shopper, Agent Lightning. Over the last five months, Agent Lightning has developed into a true professional. Her experience has allowed her to navigate some tricky sales encounters by thinking on her feet. The comfort she has with the process means we can let her let her instincts determine the objects, objectives of the investigation. Uh, it's amazing how she is. She started out good, yeah. and then she just got better. And to be a good mystery shopper, you have to have... Uh, moxie. Moxie. You have, to, you have to be tough, uh, but you have to also have a smooth interior and you have to be able to take the blows and do it your way. And that's what she does. I took the blows. Uh, this is how we approached the Greenway Kia shop. Agent Lathy selected the vehicle she wanted to buy and decided how she would make contact with the dealership. She began by finding a, uh, finding a new 2021 Kia Soul S on GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. That was the website. If you want to go there, if you're near a smartphone or a computer, GreenwayKeelWestPalmBeach.com. That's where we found the advertisement. Had an MSRP, the North Star, you got to have that, 
MSRP, $22,055. And the internet price was $18,411. That's a pretty big difference. Internet price is supposed to be the best price. Here's a report, speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at Greenway Kia late morning, greeted by a young salesman near the front door. He didn't tell me his name. He seemed anxious to get to business. He began questioning me as he led me to a desk. The salesman wanted to know some things, as a, like whether I owned a home or rented, uh, what my mortgage or rent payment was. I mean, that's pretty unsophisticated and something you wouldn't normally see in an average year. Unless, you know, they, they get those answers, but they don't get them that way. I mean, you don't walk into a, a store and someone says, how much is your mortgage payment? Yeah. I mean, that's... Very inartful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I interrupted to ask him to tell me his name, and <laughs> didn't even introduce himself, and it was Manny. Manny then wanted, to tell, uh, wanted me to tell him what my monthly income was. <laughs> I told him I knew where he was going with all this, and assured him I was well qualified to finance a car. Besides, I told him I may pay cash anyway. Uh, just as an aside, when you're negotiating, when you're going to a car dealership, don't ever tell them that you want to pay cash. Leave the door open to financing because you leave hope springs eternal in the salesman's breast mm -hmm. when he thinks that you're going to finance the car because that's where they make most of their money. So financing is the dealer's delight. When you take that away from them, they only got one place to make the money and that's the car they're selling you. So when you say, I'm going to finance with you, they'll take it a little bit easier on you in the pricing. So just a word of the wise. I finally got to tell, tell him uh, why I was there. I wanted a new 2021 Kia Soul S in cherry black. I like that color. Yeah, it's not cherry. black cherry. Yeah, black it's cherry, cherry black. black. Manny told me that initially he didn't like the Kia Soul, but it grew on this strange comment. I know, I didn't. And uh, that was kind of an awkward sales approach. Uh, but it grew on him. He said, okay, so. Manny asked me what, a, what vehicle I currently drove, and I made up a story about how I had to borrow a friend's car because I was going through a divorce. I said I was used to my cousin, uh, husband helping me through car purchases, and now I felt pretty anxious about doing it alone. Manny was very kind, said he was sorry. I was going through a rough time and promised to uh, help me through the buying process. So there was a little empathy on Manny's part there. We talked about the car some more, settled on the same soul I found online, the one with 22055 MSRP. Manny took my license, went to make a copy. He returned 10 minutes later, asked me uh, to meet him out front, and said he would pull up in my new Cherry Black Soul. That sounds like the name of a song. Cherry Black Soul. Or an album. Cherry Black Soul. Yeah. yeah. I waited for another 10 minutes before Manny pulled up in a pollen-covered <laughs> Cherry Black Soul. The MSRP was correct, but there was an addendum sticker, mm -hmm. the infamous addendum sticker, right next to the Monroney label. And we call it a phony Monroney for the obvious reason. It added another, ready for this, 5995 Can we call that 6000 Yes, you can. $6,000 for mudguards. Oh, jeez, mudguards. Wheel locks. And a complimentary, 
Is that all? That's it. One car oh, was wheel locks and a car well, for six grand. For six grand, and I I, I found it quite amusing that complimentary it was complimentary <laughs> for six grand. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how much the uncomplimentary. I don't know. I don't know who they're complimenting. Are, are those mud guards made of diamond or unobtainium? Right. I, I think I yes. Know. I think platinum and emeralds. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, you can at least make up a bunch of other stuff. I mean, yeah, we've seen some with a list goes on 20, 30 yeah. items. At least yeah. they're making an effort to say there's something. I mean, this is like mud guards. Yeah, it's, it's stupid this afternoon. It's actually this is literally better than a hundred dollars worth. It's less than a hundred dollars. I'd rather always have a stupid deception than clever deception. Yeah. But anyway, you have your choice. If you want stupid deception, you go to Green Acres Kia. There you go. Manny got out of the car, began his presentation, carefully describing all the features. Then we climbed inside, and Manny continued showing me the car. I have a hard time turning the page here. We took a test drive. I used the occasion to ask Manny about the pricing. I said I saw what the dealership posted online, prices online, asked if they would honor the internet pricing. He said he'd give me the price I wanted. You know, this little, obviously, evasion there. I mean, a simple yes or no would have worked, but he said, I'm going to get you the price you want, which is a lie. I mean, you want the Internet price. Right. That ain't happening. Uh, we returned to our seats. Manny left to get the figures from the sales manager. I waited for a few minutes, and Manny was back with a worksheet. I didn't get the Internet price. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The top line was the inflated dealer list that included the $6,000 addendum, $28,050. Then he took off $2,000 discount, making the adjusted price $2,650. Then they added $971 in taxable fees. Why don't they just call them hidden fees? Uh. <laughs> the taxable fees. And then there's another taxable fee, but they call that one administrative fees. So they got $971 taxable fees, Two forty nine fifty administrative fees, which are taxable fees, and uh, and then the price was twenty seven two seventy, uh, five thousand two hundred twenty dollars over MSRP, and eight thousand eight hundred fifty nine dollars over the internet price. <laughs> they didn't even try. They didn't yeah. even try. <laughs> yeah, it's just stupid. Uh, I was shocked. I let Manny, she wasn't really shocked, but she was, maybe, maybe she was shocked, because this is really stupid. Uh, Manny Scramble explained that the internet pricing reflected all sorts of discounts and rebates that I probably didn't qualify for. Now here, he's scrambling now. For example, he cited a key loyalty rebate and a military rebate, for example. I objected and I asked him to show me where in the ad it said anything about key loyalty. Listen to this. This is funny. Manny sat back in his chair, looked like he was thinking really hard about something. He pursed his lips, <laughs> yeah, furrowed his brow. <laughs> I, I just pictured Manny. Then he leaned forward and wrote 18411. And below that, he drew an X and a long straight line where he expected me to sign while offering me his pen. <laughs> Manny asked me if I would buy now if he could get me the internet price of 18411 I said, sure. Took the pen and I signed the paper. That's the reason I love uh, Agent Lightning. And that, and she never missed a beat. 
I've made signed the that, that scares some people. They go, I'm it signing, does. I'm committing, it but does. this is BS. This it is does. just total That's what experience, fluffery. So experience told her that, you know, she's, She's not signing anything. Experience tells her that, that a handwritten contract uh, drawn up on the spot by Manny is not an official legal document. <laughs> Manny excused himself, walked across the showroom to go where the manager's head. He appeared to speak with a man for just a few seconds. Then came running back over. I wonder if he literally ran. He asked if I had to check. He asked if I had a check on me, ready to go. If he got me around twenty thousand, I just slipped up a little bit now. Well, out the door, so that yeah, would be yeah. 40 out the door, yeah. Yeah. I told him not to worry about it, said I wanted to see everything in writing before I agreed to anything. So so we agreed to an out-the-door price for 20000 again, and he's ready, she's ready to sign. Manning ran back to the manager station returned with Bradley, and Bradley had a new worksheet. This time, the discount off the inflated $28,050 list price was $8,239. If you just tuned in, this is Greenway Kia, Lake Worth, Green Acres, Florida, Greenway Kia, uh, Palm Beach County. They had the same fees, which made my real selling price $21,031, $1,019 below MSRP. Okay. But still, $2,620 higher than the advertised internet price. Out the door was $22. 892, let's call that 23, hardly 20. Considerably higher than the 20,000 Manny had asked me to commit to. Bradley wrote two more rebates, hand wrote two more rebates. $1,000 Kia loyalty and $400 military. He said he used all incentives in his pricing except these two. Then he asked me if we had a deal. I said I was ready to deal with 20,000 out the door. Bradley said, that if I qualified for loyalty and military, I would be real close. Well, <laughs> I mean, she didn't have a helmet on. She wasn't wearing a uniform. She's not in the military. I'm not in the military. And uh, I didn't drive up in a Kia, so I I'm not a loyal Kia owner. I already told him that. Felt like I was being blamed for not qualifying. I said, I need to think about the end of the mission, and here we are. And by the way, we were unable to get true car price for this model. Why was that, Stu? They wouldn't uh, put in the inquiries and never received anything from the dealers. And then the only thing that they had was the average discount off MSRP. But when you look at that, it doesn't. You don't know if they're factoring in dealer equipment or dealer fees. Yeah. So it said it was a. I think it was like an eighteen hundred dollar average discount off MSRP. But that was meaningless without knowing, you know, what, what fees were. Yeah, the true car is a pretty good source. Uh, we recommend Costco auto buying program over True Car, and that's one of the reasons. True Car is hit and miss, and uh, Costco is on the money all the time. Uh, we just wish we had more Costco warehouses around the country so you don't have to travel so far. Okay, it's voting time. Okay, um, we have grades coming in. We'll start over on Facebook, and Bob says, No need to say more. Triple F. <laughs> Linda, big fat F. Don't buy from Kia. Weird. And then over on the text messages, uh, Mark gives them a D, calls them number jugglers. Uh, same old game, same old tactics, same schemes. Uh, this is an F, and that's from Jonathan in Wellington. Um, I, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna maintain their their D plus average. It was pretty rough, but like we said, uh, I summarized it by saying, well, it sounded like a typical car buying dealership in South Florida. Yeah. 
Rick? Well, I've got uh, Tim Gilliland with a D minus. Uh, looks like so far that's the only grade coming from YouTube. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the D because, I mean, it's... If you want a Kia, if you know how to negotiate properly and beat them up, you could get a good deal, but you're not going to do very good there just trusting them. Yeah. Don't yeah. trust them. Ashley, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to give them a D. Uh, keep your eyes open, and uh, like Rick said, you know. Yeah, Kia dealers, as we alluded to earlier, uh, are rough. And uh, when they set up, remember there were late arrivers to the United States retail and uh, they got in behind the Japanese, the Korean, and when they came in, they couldn't find a dealer network, and they had to sign up any dealer that wanted a franchise, and uh, they haven't had a chance to evolve and mature, and 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 they haven't culled out the poor dealers, yeah. and so a poor dealer hires poor salespeople because sales aren't so good, and so you get you get poor salespeople with poor dealerships. And the demographics, as Stu said earlier in the show, is uh, the less experienced, the younger people, uh, the people who don't have the money. The key is an inexpensive car. They can build, they build good cars, by the way, and you can really get a good, inexpensive car. But you have to navigate the minefield, and Kia dealers and salespeople and their selling tactics are, are terrible. So. And I've got Andy with an F, Will with a D, and Wayne with an F. Well, we're going to go with a D, and we're going to pass a D minus, and uh, put them on the uh, recommended list. I'm sorry, but we have to have a key dealer somewhere. That's that okay. Can. We're uh, we're just going to change the the D plus to a D minus. D minus. So yeah. There we go. Yeah. By the way, I did get a, a an email this morning now from um, Napleton Kia from True Car. Didn't give us a price. They sent us a nice video, a personalized video, saying, "Hey, Jack, I have information about your car, so." We'll follow up on it next week, <laughs> but I still didn't get a price. Very good. Yeah, I, uh, you know, remember that we grade them now. So he's got a D minus. Just go in there with your hand on your wallet, and uh, and be very, very, very careful. Uh, uh, if you have to have a Kia, you're going to have to deal with this sort of thing. We haven't found a good Kia dealer, have we? Not yet. Nope. Yeah. Maybe that should be our mission to try to find one. Uh, even if it were... We almost bought a couple of Kia dealerships in Jacksonville. Yes, we did. We yeah. would have been good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what the state needs, uh, one honest Kia dealer. And suddenly that... Can you imagine how popular that would be to, to actually have an honest Kia dealer? Yeah. 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 Or like you it. can go with uh, Consumer Report and you can do your homework, uh, get even more information than you were even looking for. And uh, CR.org, I mean, you can't go wrong. Definitely, uh, they will lead you in the uh, right path. And they have a buying program, too, an auto buying program, Consumer they Reports. They do, yeah. Uh, it's actually True Car, but uh, they do have a program. If you ever want to use uh, uh, Costco, you should you should try to use Costco if you're going to buy a Kia. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. A lot of good information. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. We definitely enjoy your company and uh, uh, your feedback. Uh, you're always educating us. Have yourself a great weekend and stay safe.